you know, the main thing I like to say to patients is you got to invest in your health. If you are too busy to invest in your health today, uh, the disease will make sure you have a lot of time tomorrow. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Healthy Project Podcast. I am your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I have a great guest with me today. I have the CEO and medical director of Iowa Diabetes. I have Dr. Bargava here with me today. Dr. Bargava, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Corey, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I, as I said earlier, I loved your recent podcast, and I'm very much looking forward to this opportunity. Yes, well, I appreciate it. And, and thank you so much. And like I told you before, I've heard you speak before, so I know a little bit about what you do. Um, oh, I know a lot about what you do. I mean, my wife. <laughs> but um, before we get into the topic at hand, I'm really, you know, diabetes is such a major issue, not only yep. here in Des Moines, but in the, in the country. Um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what gets you up in the morning? Well, heartburn. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I'm Anuj Bargiva, an endocrinologist, meaning I specialize in diabetes and hormone disorders. In 1994, uh, when I was in final year of med school, that's when diabetes fell in my lap over two nights when I did not sleep for 60 hours. And I'm one of those extremely lucky people that my passion fell in my lap without me really trying to look for it. And since 94, it has all been about diabetes came to Iowa in 2002, was at Mercy for 17 years, but started doing research, started a technology company, just really everything driven by the fact that I want to change diabetes. The mission of my life, the mission of my companies is the same, improving the health and lives of people affected by diabetes. It has been a great journey and that mission gets me um, up in the morning, sometimes three in the morning, and mm -hmm. I can be so productive for a few hours uh, on this stuff. So I love this stuff. I'm very lucky that diabetes chose me. That that's amazing. So with with all of your knowledge, you know we we hear about diabetes a lot. Is plaguing a lot of our communities, not only like I said here in Des Moines, but in in the country. Uh, and yeah. we we kind of hear diabetes known as the silent killer. Can you explain, you know, what does that mean? What does it mean by being a silent killer? I think that's a great start to this. And I've always said the same way, uh, the diabetes, the destroyer, the killer and silent. So diseases of lifestyle like diabetes in general are silent. Everything is silent in diabetes, right from the diagnosis. Unless people are getting tested for guidelines, they will not get diagnosed then all the complications of diabetes are silent. The eye disease, kidney disease, nerve damage, all of them are pretty silent, except maybe nerve damage. If you don't get tested annually for those um, or frequently, then you will see them too late. So, 
And then diabetes is the leading cause of blindness in working adults, leading cause of non-traumatic foot amputations, leading cause of people going on dialysis, and seven leading cause of death. So silent, yes. Killer, yes. And beyond killer, beyond the, uh, you know, the, it's just a destroyer. I call it the silent destroyer also. Right. So, so the, the, when you say destroyer, what does that, what does that mean to you? Well, when you see somebody who is now losing their job because they cannot mm-hmm. see, when you see a person who used to be six foot, three inches tall, and now they are four feet and five inches tall because of lower extremity uh, mm. amputation, you know that this thing can destroy. On the other hand, I don't want to sound too negative. Well-controlled diabetes is the cause of nothing. So just know that when we talk about these bad things, numbers, cases, scenarios, that's uncontrolled diabetes. Diabetes that is well-controlled is a cause of nothing. Right. And you know what? what's kind of scary to me about diabetes, Dr. Bhargava, is you don't know if you're controlled or uncontrolled if you're not tracking or going to those because some people can function really right. well off of very high blood sugar and not Good even point. know anything's wrong. You know, yes. what keeps people or what are some of the things from your experience that may keep someone from not keeping on top of their diabetic diagnosis? Well, diabetes is a 24-7 burdensome disease. It really is. Unfortunately, our society and we have stigmatized diabetes. So sometimes people remain remain in denial. Some don't want to know. Some go into denial. But then people who embrace it and are doing it still, you have to make decisions about food three, four times a day, about checking blood sugars, activity, medications. And with diabetes, many times you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So when you think of the whole package, there's so much And that's why I say diabetes is a team game. It's really a team game. Your doctor, your doctor's team, your family, friends, um, it's all, uh, this fight cannot be uh, fought solo. And having a team and a multi-pronged approach, good nutrition, good activity, good education, good monitoring, and medications, that's how you handle this. Cost is another big deal. Um, means we just did a TV interview on cost of insulin. And so cost is another barrier. Time is another barrier. You know, the main thing I like to say to patients is you got to invest in your health. If you are too busy to invest in your health today, uh, the disease will make sure you have a lot of time tomorrow. Yeah, very, yeah. very true. Very true. You know, and Dr. Bargava with You've been doing this since, well, I think you said 1994, you know, uh, within this industry yes. from 1994 diabetes care and management to 2022 diabetes care and management, what things have changed and what things have stayed the same, if anything? Oh, great question. So not only I got chosen by diabetes and that's why I'm lucky. I got chosen at the right time between 1994 and 2022. It's unbelievable what has happened. I came to US in 96. We had human insulins. We had sulfonylurea class of medicine. Metformin just got approved in US in the mid 90s. Since then, there has been an explosion of medications and insulins and meters and these things called sensors, CGMs and better pumps and hybrid closed loop pumps. It has absolutely been an unbelievable journey. 
these 20, 30 years have been the best for uh, the diabetes field. And I'm so lucky to witness this. Now, to the other side of this, <laughs> you would think if there is a transformation in the uh, field of diabetes on the medication arena, that must mean that we are doing so much better. Sadly, we're doing slightly better, but not so much better. Still, half of the people are about uncontrolled. Still, a lot of people don't know that they have diabetes. Still, uh, only one out of five people in U.S. have their targets met for A1C, blood pressure, and cholesterol. So that is saddening, and that is maddening. I don't get it. When you have this transformation, eight new classes of medications, much better insulins, so much advancement, where are we struggling? And probably that's going to be your next question is, so why things have remained the same on this side, on the outcome side? Well, I think part of it is that we have to have better delivery of care, care delivery innovation. So we had innovation in medications, great. Now we need innovation in care delivery. You know, like Dr. Coleman was talking about social determinants of health. Absolutely. As physicians, I've, I almost have zero clue about social determinants of health, right? So we're not addressing that. We're not doing care. I stepped out of care. I was at Mercy 17 years. I stepped out. I could not continue delivering the way care the way it was being delivered. So now we've started a new way of delivering care. So in summary, what has changed is the tools we have to fight against. What has not changed is how we are fighting this war against diabetes and how we are still losing. Do you think that it's a lack of not necessarily the education? Well, the education on diabetes is something that may be lacking in some areas for some people not knowing if you, if I were to be sitting down with a patient, they may not, may not even know what their A1C means or what their diabetes means or things like that. But a lot of people may not know about all of the innovation and technology that is out there to their, right. um, that they can access, you know, what do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel about that? And what are some things that we can do to let people know about their options? Absolutely. That is a challenging place too. Right. So there's a challenge on the patient, 24-7 burdensome disease. Mm -hmm. Then there's a plethora of resources. So the good news, there's a plethora of resources. And I can especially say for Iowa, I am so happy and proud of what has happened in Iowa and what we have built in Iowa in this fight against diabetes. So as I was saying earlier, our mission is improve the health and lives of people affected by diabetes. How? through exceptional care, research, education, and technology. And I think those four things are needed to change diabetes. Our tagline, you come to our building, if you have been to it, it says, let's change diabetes together. I would say the fifth piece is collaboration. At the end, remind me, I have a call to action to anybody interested in diabetes to come and join forces with us. Diabetes is too hard for an individual or one company to defeat. It will take all of us uh, to make that happen. Now, going back to your question, so how does a patient go about it? Because let's talk about each of these. Uh, care, so your doctor. Go to your doctor very ready. Own your data and information, and then go to your doctor. Make sure to take your blood sugars to them. 
no blood sugars, your doctor is not going to be able to make any recommendations. So be ready for your doctor visit. And we have a lot of tools on our website with that. We designed our portal, the, the fourth part, the technology, because we really want to transform clinical care. And I think patients have plenty of tools. If they joined Iowa Diabetes Portal, then they can be much more ready for their doctor visit. Utilize the resources at your doctor's office, the diabetes educator, the nurse, and so forth. So that's one piece. Uh, go to your doctor frequently enough, at least every three months. If you're well-controlled, maybe every six months, but for most people, every three months. Then talk about research. I think research is probably the most underutilized tool in central Iowa. So at Iowa Diabetes, we have our main thing is research right now. Um, and we've done more than 200 diabetes trials, exceptional stories of patient impact, um, people losing 40, 50, 60 pounds, people going on a weekly insulin, people going on these sensors and pumps. So just knowing that you have an amazing option that can truly change your disease for the duration of the study. Our team takes great care of uh, patients. Um, and you know, one of the people who delivers yes. that exceptional care, on time, relaxed care, comprehensive. We listen to the patient. So patient gets and patient get their free insulin. So knowing that you have this amazing option in central Iowa, research really transformed people's life. Some research studies have placebo, even that, they get so much care otherwise, physical exams, EKGs, labs. Now to the thing that I'm most excited about, education. You point that one out. That's absolutely one of the most important things. The most passionate champions for the patients are not their doctors. I'm sorry to say I'm one of them. <laughs> it's really the educators. The most passion is seen by the dietitian and the nurses who have chosen to become certified diabetes educators get that help, you'll be surprised how how much it is covered. Of course, patients have to pay and then in some insurances are different, but most insurances are generous and Medicare is very generous on education. Most people do not utilize even one-fifth of their diabetes education that's available to them. We at Iowa Diabetes got a grant from the state, very lucky to get that a few months ago. Now we have a full-time RDCD, Sabina. She is absolutely brilliant, mind-blowing in terms of her passion and dedication to the patients. Our pharmacist, Jamie. But the point is there's at least 20, 30 diabetes education programs. People need to go to their diabetes education program. Mercy has one. Unity Point has a network of diabetes educators. Pella has a great program. So go to the diabetes educator. And last piece, technology and apps. I'm very passionate about that as well. I talked about Iowa Diabetes Portal as an example, but there's so many apps for Nutrition, um, yeah. people, if they use Fitbit or other things, um, there are apps for uh, monitoring sugars. There are, is full support available from uh, certain companies. So there's a lot happening in the technology arena. I know I sound overwhelming. I can <laughs> see the look on your face as well. But there's a plethora of resources. And you almost need a navigator to help you navigate through the space. And that has been on my mind. So at our uh, enterprise, we have these navigators and really their job is to help patient navigate their disease and all these resources to give them what they need right now to make their health journey better. 
that sorry i'm speaking oh, about here that is a whole lot and that is a whole <laughs> lot of valuable i mean because you I mean you're, you're so right but i i want to before i get to the technology piece which i i'm really interesting as well i, I want to really focus on this the research aspects i've done a few have had a few conversations about research and the important of research for multiple chronic diseases right um and what the issue that comes out or one of the barriers or concerns is um having a a diverse population to be able to pr- do the research. Oh yes. And um, with that comes barriers of how are they going to get transportation, you know, time. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, how, how can we make the research more diverse so we can have better outcomes for everybody? That is an excellent question. And um, one of our biggest struggle, because most of the clinical studies are, um, 95% um, Caucasian population. But you got to study in all population. We learned from blood pressure that if we just study in one population, it is not, it is not going to apply to another population. So diversity has been a huge, huge challenge in clinical research um, uh, from an ethnicity standpoint, but also income level and so forth. But on the ethnicity side, we got to engage more. Uh, one out of every seven Iowan is Hispanic. In our studies, we might have one in 50. That's just not right. So we are doing a lot of efforts on that side, uh, having a bilingual coordinator, uh, a recruiter, and we are hoping to hire a bilingual investigator. So work must be done in that arena. Uh, Afro-Americans, Asian Indians, just the representation is so low. I think better awareness, interfacing with those communities, talking to the community leaders in those communities. We got to do more. Um, and I'll tell you, I'm I'm 100% dissatisfied with my performance in this arena or Iowa diabetes performance in this arena. We're just like any other research center in the nation. Our numbers are probably the same in percentages and it has to change. It really has to change. And we're making a lot of effort in that arena. Right, yeah, like I said, it, that's, that's everywhere. That's the problem. It don't matter what the research is, that has been the, kind of the concern and issue that people are trying to 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 figure out. So I you know I definitely understand where you're coming from. But but with that, even though that is still a concern, there are a lot of great things still coming out of the research. So the research that you're doing currently, how do you see that improving population health? A great question. So again, very lucky to be in research because when I say the transformation that happened in 30 years, how? Well, through clinical research. That's the only way to do it. It gives me so such satisfaction that like Freestyle Libre, I traveled for three years in a row to advise the company when they were, didn't even have the name of the product or anything of that. When I see its success, it's gratifying. When I see a medication in the market that um, leads to 30-pound weight loss and we were part of the solution, it's gratifying. When I see a patient who loses 40 or 50 pounds and is not on any of the medication for diabetes except the study medicine, is gratifying. When I see people who were deemed non-compliant because of social determinants, because of financial issues, doing so well in the studies is gratifying. So numerous patient stories. So we know we are making a difference in central Iowa. But we are also uh, lucky to be part of um, uh, that bigger solution, getting a medication to the market. And, you know, I've talked to so many patients and we had one study, Corey, where a patient was either a medication or placebo for five years. 
And that one, I might not have done myself. <laughs> and I asked two of the patients, I said, why do you want to do it? And these two patients, farmers, Iowa core values, just, you know, I've been affected by diabetes. I want to do it for the next generation. We need these answers. And that was like a validation to me wow. that, you know, we're right on. So I, I think there are a lot of benefits for the patient getting cutting edge research, being part of something larger, uh, paving the way for future generation uh, on one side, and then what they receive in care. So back to population health, I think these medications will help. What I think we need to do more though, is not just medication and device innovation, but really care delivery innovation research. And that's kind of the next frontier for us. Absolutely. absolutely. So, so I know you're doing, you're doing great stuff in research. You're doing great things on the technology piece. Can you talk a little bit about the technology that you're developing or is it already developed? Are you yeah. constantly <laughs> developing? Tell us how. How oh my going? gosh. Um, so, hey, my one business, the research went very well. Uh, I call them my kids. Yeah. <laughs> so the research kid grew up and now supporting the old men. That's great. But my other kids just are, my technology kid is refusing to grow up. I started that 10 years ago. I put in more than three and a half million dollars into it. I have just 10,000 hours of my own, just that I can't account for, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, but where it is today is very gratifying. Great patient stories. When patients use it, it's unbelievable. Uh, a patient who, uh, because of our medication management app, went in the ER at Unity Point in severe pain when they asked for medless. Now, patients don't have their medless with them. This guy just shows the app. The nurse is like, oh my God, I'll show it to the doctor. She was excited. Well, that should not be the case. Medless should be on people's smartphone. Right. They have their history of Starbucks, what they drank three months ago. Why can't they have their medications uh, right. on the phone? Or a patient who could not get surgery for back pain because nobody would do her A1C. She used our A1C calculator, put in sugars, and it automatically gives an A1C estimate. So those things. We have thousands of users in Iowa. Our clinic exclusively uses um, the Iowa Diabetes Portal. and and we are crazy enough to build our own EMR for diabetes. So now we built the patient portal first and EMR on top. It's pretty amazing that experience for the provider and for the patient. So what I call patient-centered, provider-friendly, data and technology-enabled um, experience for the patient that initiates and sustains behavior change. Our platform is probably the most comprehensive platform out in the market. It really is. It's, of course, not the most used because I don't know how to promote cell. um, And then we have to continue to improve our user interface. Very comprehensive. When people use it, it makes a real meaningful difference. And another big thing is I have a belief that data will transform diabetes. And patients are the owner of their data. It saddens me Mm -hmm. when Entities or individuals behave in a way saying they own the data. No, it's patient's data. It should always be available to the patient. And Iowa Diabetes Portal has the ability to get that data on the patient's behalf from Unity Point, Iowa Clinic, um, Mercy, University of Iowa, et cetera, et cetera, so that the, all the data comes in one place. So that, God forbid, you're in an ER, you're not relying on memory, and all your data is on that phone, just like that patient many years ago. Right. The data tells the story so that provider can make a great or a better decision on their absolutely. life sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, Dr. Bargava, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I really, really appreciate it. If anybody wanted to get in contact with you, I, I know you had a call to action that you want to, that you want to uh, talk about. Oh yes. But you. Um, you can let us know what that is. And then afterward, if anybody, uh, where can people find you? They want to get to know more about you. And I'll also have these links in the, uh, the description of the podcast as well. So they can go there too. Well, I think as I was thinking about it this morning, um, you, know, you said diabetes, the silent killer. We have about 300 people, 300,000 people with diabetes in Iowa. We will have about 500,000 people with diabetes in Iowa um, by 2030. We absolutely don't have enough healthcare professionals to take care of them. There's a diabetes tsunami coming towards Iowa and we must act now um, and we cannot do it individually. So um, my thought always has been to build Iowa Diabetes Alliance, a co coalition of everyone, everybody coming together and working together to change diabetes and turn the tide on this tsunami. So as I say, you know, um, our tagline at Iowa Diabetes, let's change diabetes together. And together means everyone. We want all like-minded individuals, entities to come together. I one of our my tenure, I have three big hairy audacious goals. One of them is to put Iowa on the map of diabetes in the U.S., where people in California or New York wonder how how is Iowa doing so much better in diabetes. I think we can and we will, but only with the help of all the stakeholders. My call to action: Please reach out to us. The best way to reach out: IowaDiabetes.com, and uh, through that. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and I'll share uh, our other information as well. Um, uh, our number is 515-329-6800. And um, that's what I would say in terms of reaching out. The website is the best place to go. And uh, there are forms to fill out and we will reach back. We'll definitely reach back. Awesome. Well, again, Dr. Bargava, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I truly appreciated it. Uh, and everyone, thank you for listening. I'll holler at you next time.